You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Enrico with you. It's a Tuesday afternoon, so that means we are joined by Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity uh, to talk all things Husker Hoops. And I kind of want to build off the uh, last conversation we had in the, final, the the previous segment. First of all, hello, Jacob. Hope you're doing well. Um, did you, by chance, watch the Kansas-Texas Tech game last night? Uh, I caught the overtime. Okay, so I would... Kansas was kind of in a position there with at the end of the first overtime where uh, they they drilled a three at the end of the first overtime with whatever, like eight seconds left, I believe. I, I, I asked Rico this question, and we kind of talked about it in the first segment, but if Nebraska found themselves in that kind of position, who are the five guys on the floor, and who do you have the most confidence in taking that shot? <laughs> That's a very that, good question. That, that, was our, uh, that was our exact reaction, too. Um, well, I mean, you're – probably going to have obviously Bryce out there you probably want CJ Wilcher out there mm-hmm. um you, I think you probably still I don't know that you go five out I think you'd put Derek Walker in there maybe for an offensive rebound up oh, to the set some screens um and then you, you probably go <laughs> I guess you, you probably have to go with maybe who's hot in that game any of like Webster or Dominaga mm-hmm. uh Mayen um Maybe Verge is out there just because you're continuing to play with who's out there. You could potentially create an open look for somebody else. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know that what we've seen of this team, that they'd have the patience that mm-hmm. uh, Kansas showed on that possession. That was uh, – they could have, I mean, could have panicked and forced up a bad one just to get a shot off. But they uh, Texas Tech actually defended that really well, strung that out the entire time. And then uh, just at one point, uh, I think it was McCuller, turned his head the wrong way and looked at the ball and lost his man. And that's all Abaji needed uh, to get the look off. So um, that credit to Kansas for the, their poise and, and patience uh, in that situation and waiting until they got the look that they needed uh, and credit to him for knocking it down. Yeah, I, I didn't want to butcher that, that Abaji's name or anything, so I didn't say it earlier, but he's he's one of the top players in the country, correct? Oh, for sure. Yeah, he, uh, that's what I thought. I think – He's one of the most improved players in the country as well. And he's 37 last night. Um, I forgot how many threes he hit, but there's like seven or eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he's he's a huge part of why Kansas is as good as they are, just the, the rise that he's made uh, into becoming a like legitimate All-American candidate. We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. So let's, let's kind of bring this back to Nebraska, I suppose. But how important is it for just a team – to practice those situations where you drain a last second shot and and your tie ball game, but the the opponent still has eight seconds left on the clock, like kind of Texas Tech did last night. I mean, how important are those situations and putting your players in that in that situation in practice so that it translates to the court? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of it is about uh, being comfortable in those situations, knowing all right, this is what we're, we're going to do. Um, mm-hmm. All that all that goes into to coaching and preparation. And understanding, all right, what are our best plays? Uh, what are our best lineups in these situations? And it's all stuff like you spend a lot of practice time at that level working on situational things. Um, just kind of like in football, 
where they've got uh, segments of practice where they do strictly two-minute offense and uh, two-point conversions and whatever it may be, like all these situational stuff. Um, when you've got as much practice time as you do at that level, um, that's part of it as well, I would imagine. We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. I, I kind of want to ask a bigger picture question here for for Fred Hoiberg. When you just, if you're him and you look back on these last couple seasons that he's been at Nebraska, I mean, how taxing do we think it has been on Fred Hoiberg just not finding the success that everybody, everybody in Lincoln, everybody in Nebraska was kind of expecting by year three? Yeah, I mean, and I think you, you can see it on his face at times. It's kind of the disappointment, the frustration. Um, He's especially in some of his press conferences this year. Even um, it's gotten to the point where it's like this: uh, this isn't this isn't going the way that it needs to go right now, and it's uh, and, and things we've done to this point haven't worked. Um, so I, I I think I mean coaches are competitive just like anybody else, and um, I, I know some people maybe don't love the kind of lack of emotion that Hoiberg has showed on the sidelines or at times, but. Um, it, I mean, you don't get to this level without uh, losing, eating away at you. And um, I, I'm sure that it's it's been really frustrating. It's really worn him down, especially, um, obviously, he had all that success at uh, Iowa State and then went to the NBA and things didn't quite work out the way he wanted to there. And, and now uh, he, he got back into it and things have gone even worse than they did at Chicago. So. Um, he, he's frustrated. Um, and then you get this kind of, uh, the COVID pause pop up, uh, in the middle, right after you get Trey McCowan's back, which kind of echo or mirrors what happened last year with Derek Walker played one game and then they got shut down. Uh, and oddly enough, both those games were against Indiana. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's, it's, I mean, he's talked, he talked about the frustration, um, that a lot of guys are feeling, the. Uh, like referring to the, the Kobe Webster comments and in his press conference last week. And um, I, I think everybody in the program is feeling it. Uh, Jacob. So with the COVID pause, it's, you know, nobody wants to go through that, but could it be seen as kind of not, not really like a blessing in disguise, but somewhere where it, it, it helped some of the guys who, who might've had a couple, you know, cuts and dings and dents get a little bit healthier, but also, uh, a, a little bit of a, a problem with Trey McGowan's just coming back. You want to get him into game shape, and just practicing isn't really going to going to help him do that. But getting into games, yeah, I, I think it's probably more negative than positive because mm-hmm. one, you don't we don't know at this point who all was out. Uh, I think they mentioned, I think Hoiberg mentioned six, Kobe mentioned maybe eight or something. Guys uh, that went in for that kind of that first workout after uh, the, the positives came back. And those guys that tested positive couldn't couldn't go do any of that individual workout stuff. Couldn't couldn't get out on the court uh, until they cleared the protocols. So um, I, I think w- what Trey McGowan's needed more than anything was just game reps, and that's w- in practice on um, scrimmages and running through stuff, kind of building up that chemistry with the new guys and with the old guys, um, kind of finding his place because you could see like. Uh, the, his first sin out on the court, he basically went and stood in the corner and didn't was not involved at all until he uh, knocked down that three, which is his first touch uh, since he came in the game, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, you can see him kind of working his way back in, trying to figure out, all right, who's going to be doing what, who's going to be where. And so all that stuff is kind of, you, you only get there by playing together. And so this, uh, this pause and guys ha- having to um, kind of sit out, 
pre- prevents you from kind of getting those full lineups out there and uh, finding that chemistry. We're talking to Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity. A couple more here before you, Jacob, before we let you go. Um, Nebraska, they play Wisconsin now on Thursday. And, and one of the better stories this college basketball season has been the kind of freshman to sophomore year jump for Johnny Davis at Wisconsin. I mean, for kind of a two-part question, I suppose, what does Nebraska have to do if they want to be competitive against top almost 10 Wisconsin with Johnny Davis and Chucky Hepburn fitting in so well? But then why has a guy like Chucky Hepburn fit in so well at Wisconsin? Uh, Well, I mean, the reason he – excuse me. The the reason he went there – uh, was because of the the fit and the the way they sold it to him and the role that he'd play and mm-hmm. uh, it's not like Chucky's having uh, an outstanding year individually but I mean you look at kind of that lineup and there aren't I mean it's not like outside of Johnny Davis who's been one of the best players in the country yeah I mean Davidson has been solid but he's kind of been what he has been throughout his career like none of those guys are like all Big Ten. Uh, even all Big Ten type performers individually. It's just that they've worked so well together. Guys fought defensively, and uh, they they all share the ball, um, and, and they just kind of work together to kind of make the the sum greater uh, than the parts. And um, that's kind of how Wisconsin has continued to find success under Greg Gard. Because I don't even when you had the super veteran laden team last year. I don't know that I just never loved a lot of the, the players just in terms of individual efficiency and ability and all that type of stuff. But the guys have just worked really well and clicked together. So that's kind of, uh, I think Chucky has fit right into that with his defensive okay. mindset and ability to kind of, um, kind of defer to other players, let, let guys like Davis and Davison as a, a veteran kind of run the show and then kind of fit in where you can get in there and make the plays when they present themselves. And so obviously you look at this team, it's, you, you got to lock down on, uh, on Johnny Davis and Brad Davison. Those are the two guys that uh, are leading them in scoring. Uh, Davison can obviously shoot the ball um, and Davis can pretty much do everything. So um, it, it, it'll be nice to have Trey McGowan's out there for however long he can play mm-hmm. to guard uh, Davis, because uh, if you didn't have him, then <laughs> I don't really know that what Nebraska would do um, in terms of matching up with him uh, one-on-one. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to watch. All right, Jacob, last one before we let you go. What happens with Aaron Rodgers next year? <laughs> I don't know. Talk about it. Talk Packers about... seem intent on trying to do whatever magic that the Saints have been doing for years to manipulate the cap and find a way to to, to bring most of the pieces back, uh, but that's going to be difficult. I think at, at work, like you're going to have a worse version of this year's team because of the guys you hit on on the margins, like Devondre mm-hmm. Campbell and Rasul Douglas, who are making basically the minimum and giving you all pro production. That's not going to happen next year. You're going to have to either try to do it again with new guys uh, and find a way to replace some of the, uh, a lot of the veterans you're going to be losing. Uh, but then again, like I, I don't know that people talk about other teams. Are, is he get, really going to go find another team where they make it work and mm-hmm. that gives him a better shot at the Super Bowl? Maybe, but like I don't, I don't know that Denver's like roster is that great. Yeah. Uh, obviously, coaching situation. Steelers. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I just don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I, I have no like. I 
I, I thought before kind of the way it ended that it, it got to the point where I, I thought he was coming back. It seemed like a lot of the stuff that um, kind of eased over. And it will be interesting to see kind of how Rodgers views the way the season ended because obviously the special teams wasn't on him, but the offense scoring 10 points was largely on him. And he really did come up small. Like, it's kind of crazy. Out of all the losses that the Packers have had in the postseason because of everybody else, now uh, he finally gets a defensive performance good enough to, to go deep in the postseason. And then Robert, for whatever reason, just re- uh, reverts to kind of what he had fallen into uh, at the tail end of the McCarthy years and mm-hmm. trying to play hero ball and locking into Adams and not taking what's there. Obviously, kind of missing the Alan Lazard uh, on that third down was a huge play. Um, but it, it wasn't just that one. It was kind of multiple times. And then the offensive line just – he just didn't get enough time as good as the offensive line has been all season, despite all the miss all the, the guys missing. I just don't think they put their five be, uh, best out there and they weren't ready for the 49ers pass rush. So a lot, a lot of things kind of combined to, to, for the Packers season and the way it did. And, It'll be interesting to see kind of how Rodgers views the way it went. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see if he's uh, in Green Bay or not. All right, Jacob, appreciate the time as always. Uh, we will talk to you next Tuesday. Have a good rest of your day, man. Sounds good. That is Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. Appreciate his time as always. Um, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. We need to, uh, Rico, we need to play the sounder. I need to find it. Do you it, have it? I hadn't pulled it up yet. Okay, so I'll, I'll talk here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Nebraska is able to do against Wisconsin on, on Thursday. I mean, they it's another opportunity. And one one question I was going to pose to everybody is uh, if Nebraska wins out, do they make the tournament? Maybe we should talk about that next. If Nebraska wins their next 11 games, 12 if they can re- – have they rescheduled Ohio State? I don't know. I, don't I can't remember. So. I, I got, got it mixed up with uh, Nebraska women's basketball. Either 11 or 12 games, do they make the tournament? We'll, we'll kind of talk about that next. We'll have the hypothetical. We'll also have the MLB uh, discussion as well. But right now, we have to get to something very important. So you texted us. You didn't mean to. You can't take it back. Now we have to read it. Because you texted us. You texted us. Ooh, you texted us. Sean in Omaha, I'm going to ask you this politely. Please stop this, sharing your ETA with us in Apple Maps. Is Are you really coming here, Sean? Because <laughs> yeah. if you are, I don't know why it's going to take you so long to get here. <laughs> no, no, it says he's driving to and then don't it gives say the, the address. address. I'm not yeah. going to. Okay. The address in Gretna. <laughs> He will arrive around 6 p.m. I'll let you know if I'm running late. And then, then, he, then it's just three fo- follow-up texts. My updated arrival time is 5.29. My updated arrival time is now 6.06 p.m. My I updated arrival run. time is now 5.32 p.m. So, Sean, I don't know if you're speeding or if or traffic's going slow, but that's a, that's a big jump in arrival time. Where are you driving from? If you're, you're going to Gretna, it's currently 2.46. <laughs> it's going to take you to 5.32 <laughs> to get there? So Sean, I just asked, man. Are you driving from Carney? If you can, uh, <laughs> what's happening? If you can pause that up sharing of updated arrival, because I'm guessing somebody actually wants to know. Yeah. So make sure you get that all, all squared away. All right. Call now 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline to win fifteen dollars to the Upside Bar and Lounge for Nick's trivia. It's going to be Husker basketball related. In the last, I think he played in the last eight years. He was part of Tim Miles' team. Uh, very well known at Nebraska. 
I just need to know what number he wore he wore at Nebraska. So call now, 402-464-5685. Guess the right answer and win $15 to the Upside Bar and Lounge. We'll do that next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.